So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies-to-lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on but when it's like oh we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening it's like very different (laughs) and there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves greek gods and goddesses regency era historical fiction for you sam and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure new content is released every week so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again you can always find something new to explore dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction for listeners of the show dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash just break up. Dipsy stories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like overbearing in-laws, dealing with isolation, how to warn others about someone's bad behavior, and coming out at work. Mm. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We know nothing. Can you give the listeners an, an example of our inadequacy? I can't right now. <laughs> um, we often don't know how to people read people's last names. Oh, no, I'm terrible at reading um, <laughs> I mean, as a published poet, she she just tells me everything, and I write it down for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of my books have been dictated by Sam, ghostwritten, if you will. Um, what else? I'm really, really <laughs> something that I'm actually terrible at is like when someone tells me a number and I have to write it down. Like, oh, same. It like I can't <laughs> translate it. They'll be like, "It's six one two, and I'll be like, twenty four seven. Or I'm more like one, two, six, you know. No, absolutely. For some reason, from oral to like handwriting, numbers get jumbled. Yeah, I have that thing where I like switch numbers all the time. So like, yeah, yeah, I'm like 513, but then I like think it's actually 531. Yeah, and more topically, (laughs) sometimes we're bad at relationships and we don't know what we're doing. So this is all to say, we are making this up as we go along. Please take our advice as you see fit in your life. We're just here to offer some advice and hopefully some laughs to help you with this very rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is love. Absolutely. Here we are again. (laughs) We made it through that intro, barely. Slowly, the the true OG listeners will know that we go, we go off script just a little bit every day. Recently, every time, and it, we just we yeah we it, don't plan. No, no, we're just winging it. it. <laughs> this is a metaphor, everybody. This is a metaphor that, like, you know, you just gotta like lean into the. I don't know. Absolutely. Help me out, Sam. Yeah, uh, listeners won't know this, but I have to do that first part about the tackling topics thing at least like. Two or three times every time we yeah, record. Yeah, he's like, this week we're going to tackle topics like Cheetos. <laughs> I'm like, that's not it, Sam. We're going to tackle topics like tricking your lover into being your lo- Nope, that's not nope. it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Episode 14. Here we are. Yeah. We're still in season one. Did you know that? How are we defining season? That's what I really want to... That's why I brought you here today, Sam. <laughs> not to record a podcast episode it's how many episodes do you want in season one it's a good time to talk about it right now yeah absolutely <laughs> on let's, air let's i think like 150 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah? 151 will be like season two because we'll be really old <laughs> actually i don't know how weeks work so i'll probably just be 33 instead yeah. of 32 <laughs> anyway anyway all right 
Episode 14. Here we go. We have a check-in question from Mamma Mia, Here I Go Again, which is the best name. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a combination of Mamma Mia and Here I Go Again? You know that. the lyrics to Mamma Mia. I know, I get it, but I was making a joke about that. What is it, a Bon Jovi song or something? All right. (laughs) (laughs) I am just... We're on, on a roll. Today. We're on a roll this, mor- this morning, this, this afternoon. This morning. They don't know what time it is. That's true. Okay, so um, Mamma Mia, here I go again, wants to know, uh, do you guys really believe that in order to love someone else, you need to love yourself first? Oh, man, that is a great question. It's it the it, it puts the RuPaul quote on blast. It does. How, you gonna, how the hell are you going to love someone else? Wait. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Man, I can't even quote it right. This is why you guys can't trust us. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so uh, I think we see that a lot in mental health advocacy. I think we see that a lot in relationship health, self-help books. Yeah. Um, we hear it a lot on our own podcast. <laughs> I feel like we've said it once or twice yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about it, Sam? Do you have to love yourself before you're able to love other people? I think you do to an extent. I think... Um, sometimes we think of like loving ourselves as a destination and not Mm. a journey. Uh, so damn bitch out the gates with the good imagery. (laughs) Uh, so loving yourself is a continual process in the same way that loving other people is a continual process. And so I would, you know, I feel like when, when I first heard that, I was like, oh shit, I'm never going to love anyone else because like, I'm never going to be the perfect person that like meditates for 20 minutes a day and like never has like a self-hating thought and is like it like is just perfect and is just so in love with who I am and writes a gratitude list every day oh absolutely would never do that Um, (laughs) you should (laughs) and I should be on the top of it (laughs) yes every time I am grateful for my friends the year (laughs) yeah 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 write that 30 times into your hand like Harry Potter (laughs) I shall not tell a lie anyway um but yeah, but I would say that you you need to be on the journey of self-love before you can figure out what it means to love another person. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh-huh. I think that I want to go out the gates and say I totally think you're it's capable you we are capable of loving people when we don't love ourselves. Like yeah. like that ability is inside of us. Mm-hmm. But what I think that the the, the true ideology behind those quotes or that, that idea or that RuPaul mantra is that we when, when we are balanced, our love is balanced and we attract balanced people or mm. we help other people become more balanced. Um, when we love ourselves, when we're in tune with our desires, we are less likely to let people treat us poorly. Mm-hmm. And so I think what it means more than anything is when you are more whole and continually working on your healing, continually walking down that journey of self-love, as you said, you are more likely to foster healthier relationships and able to give back in a healthier way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I also think that you can have feelings of love for someone when you are, when you don't love yourself. But I think that the, the act of truly loving someone requires you to like enter a relationship as an, as a, equal partner and like as a whole person and also to make the healthy decision every day to continue to be in love and and do the work there yeah. and it's hard to do that when you are not fully yourself or yeah. fully working on yourself in a meaningful way yeah totally i totally agree um but i think it's hard i mean i just think about everything in terms of like a power exchange or a balance of energy and and you know I loved people in my early 20s. I loved them with my whole heart, but I loved them poorly Mm. or perhaps at times inadequately Mm -hmm. because my inner self was like chaotic. Yeah. Um, And I'm not saying to our Mamma Mia, here I go again, friend. um, I'm not saying that you are incapable of loving people if you do not have a whole and loving relationship with yourself. Um, But I think it, uh, they inform each other a lot. Mm-hmm. They don't. They are not mutually exclusive. Wait, did I say that right? They inform. They are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So they are not mutually exclusive, but that um, the more you know yourself, the more you understand the way you tick, the things that you like and you don't like, and your triggers and everything like that. 
the more you understand your inner making, the more you can communicate that to someone else and, and ask that of them, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. yeah. So I hope that gives people some insight on that. I'd, I'd be interested in hearing people's thoughts about that because I do yeah, hear too. it a lot, especially from drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of every episode of RuPaul, I like yeah. shout it with her. I give her the amen that she is asking totally. for. Maybe we should do it at the end of our episode. Yeah. If you can't love yourself, then maybe keep working on yourself. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like RuPaul is so business-minded that she already has, like, every variation trademarked. And if she ever caught us, like, saying it, she would, like, sue us. She would come for us. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into our first letter. This is from Kayla. No last name, Polis. Yep. Oh, na- no, no last name, please, is oh. what it stands for. Kate, see, y'all, we can't read. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Honestly, I looked at that today when I was preparing and, like, could not figure out what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing with our friend Adam's screen name. It was <laughs> Traveling Gay, and we were like, I was like, Anyway. Kayla is writing to us from the void and Kayla writes, hi, Sam and Sierra. For the past year and a half, I've been in a wonderful relationship with my boyfriend. We're both 21 and in college and we both live with our parents. We knew we loved each other from the beginning. He's everything I want in a partner. We talk about getting married and spending our lives together. I'm definitely the outspoken one in our relationship and he's more passive. Our relationship with our parents is very different. I have a good relationship with my parents. We're very close and honest with each other about everything. I have a lot of respect for them. They give me a lot of good life advice and I never feel controlled. I've always feel like my opinions are valid and respected and I'm treated as an adult. He's also close to his parents, especially because he has a small family and he's an only child. The three of them spend a lot of time together. I'm close with his mother and I adore her. But I absolutely cannot stand his dad. His dad speaks over people, belittles people, and subjects them to harsh harsh judgments and constantly yells. I'm often quiet around him and feel uncomfortable. I don't feel like it's my place to say anything to his father. I've noticed that my boyfriend's dad can be very controlling over my boyfriend, and it makes me angry. It seems like he scares or intimidates everyone in the household. My dad and I joke that he's secretly a serial killer. I wish my boyfriend would stick up for himself and not let his father bully him. It's gotten to the point where I never want to go to his house or be around his family. I don't want to hurt him or his mom's feelings, but I can't take being around his father. My real concern is that one day we'll be married and this overbearing parental figure will make our lives a living hell. I know my boyfriend is the one and I'm in it for the long run. So how can I make the best of this situation? How handle? How can I handle this person who is so prominent in my boyfriend's life and who will always be in his life? Mm. That's a great question. It is a great question. Um, I think Sam has my favorite piece of advice when it comes to parental or familial um, engagements. And I want to hear from you about that first and then we'll kind of dive into other things. <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, I'll call on you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> That's you. what it was like, right? Thank you for handing me the floor. Yeah. Uh, this is... Advice that I have stolen blatantly from someone else, um, Dr. Sylvia Brown, I believe. Um, <laughs> Remember when Olivia was on and she was like, I think this is a bell hooks quote. And we we're like, we misquote things all the time. <laughs> Perfect example of Dr. This. Joy Brown. That's her name. Okay. Um, I think Sylvia Brown might be the psychic on, on Montel. <laughs> someone please fact check that for me. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, she says uh, cheerful and stupid, which is that um, when you are around people that you cannot avoid uh, and they and you you don't like being around them because they are mean or they are harsh or overbearing, you are just cheerful and stupid. So you don't read into the things that they're saying to you that are snide or rude or whatever it is. You're just stupid to the, the underlying stuff and you're mm-hmm. just cheerful. So yeah. all you are giving them back is just smiles positivity. and positivity. Yeah. Because you are then you are de-escalating. They don't know how to come up against someone who is just like right. sitting there and smiling at and them. And then they have nothing to use against you and your boyfriend can never be like, oh well you were being, you know, whatever. Yep. But I do want to add to that, it sounds like this person can be a little aggressive um and borderline well, I mean, you're joking that he's a serial killer. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I, you know what? I don't think that this guy is abusive, but I, man, have I met people like this where like everybody in the neighborhood is just like, oh God, not this dude again. Yep. You know, um, 
So I do want to add to the cheerful and stupid thing, Kayla, that one, um, it's okay to not go around his parents. Mm-hmm. You're not dating his parents. You are dating him. Yep. Two, when you all get older and you decide to live together or eventually get married, um, hopefully both of those things at the same time, <laughs> um, you will not have to engage his parents on the same level because you're cohabitating with them to an extent for sure so hopefully this is going to be this level of engagement is going to be um only temporary but i do think that you could say something to your boyfriend again not pitting him against his father or putting you between the two of them but maybe just say hey i don't always feel great around your dad because Mm -hmm. he talks over me um can you uh, help advocate for me in those moments. Do you feel comfortable to do that? You say you could say that to your boyfriend. Um, but uh, it's hard. I think parental relationships are or familiar relationships are hard because you will never you will never have the wealth of memories and experiences with mm-hmm. that person that your boyfriend has. So you will not be approaching it with the same level of understanding or compassion necessarily. Absolutely. And I think Sierra is exactly right that that talking to your boyfriend is a great idea. In a way that is is understanding, and in a way that is curious too. Yeah. So instead Ooh, of being that's a like, great word, right? Instead of being like, "Your dad makes me feel," I mean, you can obviously say that, but instead of saying like, "Your dad's a jerk," um, who talks over people all the time, why don't you stop him? Instead, right. say things like, "How does it make you feel when he is when he when he does that?" Like, yeah. like what is the like? Has this always been the way that it is? Like, how can I support you in standing up for yourself? Like that kind of stuff. And it may be that he's like, listen, I just need to like get through this until I can move out on my own. And then we can start having conversations about how I can sort of wrangle my my dad. But yeah. um, I think coming at it from a place of curiosity of how you can help support, you know, talking honestly and openly about how you're feeling as well. Yeah. will at least give you a place to put some of that anxiety and emotion. Totally. As opposed to just going into the space and feeling uncomfortable all the time and not knowing where to put it. Yeah. I think I just had an epiphany too that like um, when things are not going the way we want them to for even for rightful reasons like this, Kayla, um, we feel like we need to be the protector, the defender, the nurturer. Yep. We need to right the wrong. Right. So like I, I can s- hear the anxiety in this letter of just like, oh, my God, this guy's a total dick. Yep. He's a dick to his children, t- child. He's a dick to his wife. He talks over me. He's just like, oh, I can't handle him. Yep. I need to right this wrong. Mm-hmm. And the truth is you're not going to be able to, but you can be a wonderful, nurturing, supportive partner to your boyfriend. Yep. And help him maybe unpack the layers of his parental relationship with his father. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, exactly. It's the triangle of villain, hero, and victim. Yeah. And falling into that is never healthy because no one gets what they need out of that. And so sort of breaking away from that and supporting your boyfriend and yourself in the best way possible, I think is really where you might find some more comfort and some more, um, some relief to the anxiety and discomfort that you're feeling. Yeah. I want to, I think we could like close out on the idea of one, you never have to be in a space that you feel unsafe or uncomfortable. I know that um, some family dinners can be a pain in the ass. They can be awkward. They can be humiliating at times. Mm -hmm. um, And you have a right to get up and leave anytime you want. um, Because again, you're dating the boyfriend, not the parents. Um, But we also are just kind of in solidarity with you because it's hard. Um, An ex of mine, um, their parents, I just, they just weren't my people, yep. right? Yep. And we were together for a, a long time. And I just, um, I found myself going from being really excited to having a relationship with them mm-hmm. to trying to avoid spending quality time with them because they yep. just weren't my people. They We, we, we weren't kindred spirits at all. Yep. Um, so your relationship with his parents um, is going to evolve and change over the next coming years. Yep. Um, but you have a right to get yourself out of any unsafe situation and you definitely have all the tools to be maybe there for your boyfriend when and if he wants to unpack this relationship. Absolutely. And I think um, there might be you might be having an expectation that you should be good friends with your with your boyfriend's parents or like you should be getting along with them. Um, and that isn't true. I'm Right. In, <laughs> right. Um, even when even 
even Peter's parents, who are the most lovely and wonderful people, like, it is, like, getting to know them was, like, uncomfortable. And, like, being in the same room with them for a long period of time right. is, like... It's, it's not all inherent. No, absolutely. And I I love them and I love to spend time with them. But it's still, like, this is very different than the way that my parents and I interact. This is very different than the way that my friends and I interact. So, like... Right. That level of like learning how to interact with new people takes time and it it is never always like immediate or in, right. innate. So like don't beat yourself up for the fact that you aren't getting along with his dad. Like that's fine. We shouldn't be expected to love right. every member of our significant other's family. Yeah. And there's just so many ways that you can be there for your boyfriend and even his mother that that don't villainize this mm-hmm. D-bag of a dad, yep. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> like you don't need to... You don't need to shed light on these behaviors. They probably already know them. Yep. Um, and you don't need to free his mother from an unhappy marriage. That's not your that's not sure. your job or your place. Um, but you can be a wonderful, like, future daughter-in-law. You can yep. get her out of the house, see if she wants to hang out with you. Or, yep. I, I don't know, there are ways to be great. To, there are ways to work around this relationship is what I think I'm getting to. Absolutely. So... Yeah, hold out. I mean, it will be different when you move out. When yeah. He is not there with his parents. And his his dad might be an abusive, controlling asshole, or he might be the type of person that tries to control everything because he's afraid if he doesn't, everything's going to go wrong. Yeah. And that might change once your boyfriend is out in the world and he doesn't have to feel like he right. needs to take care of him as much. Totally. All right, Kayla, I hope that gives you some good advice. Um, good luck. I'm so happy that you're in a great relationship and we we hope Absolutely. it goes well. Yeah. Thank you. We love you. We love you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which... (laughs) 
Um, I am never not in slippers, and these are 100% Australian shearling-lined clog slippers, and I love that they're slip-on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to, like, take the trash out in them while also, like, staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash justbreakup. So our next letter is from Liz S., who is writing from Florida. Liz writes, I've been in a two-year relationship that had become very serious. About a month ago, I moved two hours away to a new city to start a new job while my boyfriend, Ryan, finishes his last semester of college back in our hometown. I purposely only applied to jobs that were close to him so we could see each other easily. The plan was that Ryan would get a job here and move in with me after his school finished. We had talked about getting married here and everything. Anyways, fast forward, to, uh, fast forward a month and I've become incredibly lonely because I don't know anyone nor have any friends in this new city. Also, I feel isolated at work Maybe I see because maybe I see one person a day there and all my coworkers are 20 plus years older than me. Mm. I began having emotional breakdowns every morning. To temporarily cure my loneliness, I would drive back to my hometown every week to see my boyfriend, which I knew was probably hurting me more than helping me. Since moving, he would reassure me that ev- that he is sure about everything because I'm the one, and once he gets here, it will be easier. However, this all abruptly changed last night when he called me to tell me that he doesn't think we can do this anymore. Of course, I initially became angry with him because he had waited until I moved to tell me his feelings of doubt that he had apparently been feeling for a while now, but I knew I couldn't hold that against him. Mm. We met up in person today to have one last good memory of each other. We cuddled, joked, laughed, and then cried simultaneously. It was very hard. We later both agreed that we each had personal issues we never truly got resolved before entering this relationship. We wanted time. He wanted time to figure himself out and I and said I should do the same. We both never truly took significant time to be single over 5 years. But what made this so much more painful is that Ryan said he knows he felt never felt a connection like this before, that he may regret walking away and knows I am probably the one but still needs time to be alone. He said maybe years from now we'll have our shit together and he hopes that we find each other again, but I shouldn't wait for him and just live my life and see where fate takes us. As I was leaving, he told me that he still loves me and doesn't think he'll ever stop loving me. I painfully agreed and drove away, knowing that may be the last time I ever see him. Now I'm back in my city, no friends, isolated from work, and now freshly single. I have never felt more alone in my life and feel that this is the hardest thing I've had to endure. I'm trying to respect his space and be happy for Ryan, but it's difficult to understand why he would do this if he still has these feelings. My question is, how can I move on from someone I still love and believe to be the one? What should I do next? Since moving here, my goal was to settle down with him. Now I don't know what I'm doing and feel a little hopeless, but I'm start. I'm trying so hard to look at the positives. I'm not even sure to start where, where to start on making friends. Hmm. Liz, this is a really powerful letter and I'm really sorry for the end of your relationship. I'm super eager to give you some advice though. Um, I feel like, We've all kind of been in this place, right? Yep. Um, first, I want to say isolation is a bitch. <laughs> um, isolation can make you feel things that you've never felt before. It can make you feel all of those hard emotions like insecurity, jealousy, loneliness. It can Isolation can turn all of those up on the volume knob of yep. emotions. Um, and it can make you, uh, it can feel like poison. It's like drinking a little poison every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to say, hey, you are you are isolated right now and you're feeling isolated because, because that is what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that you are made up of isolation. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you are made up of these feelings that isolation is making you feel. Right. Um, you are reacting to the environment around you, which is a new, uh, lonely terrain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities out there. And that doesn't mean that, uh, there aren't ways to put yourself out there or that it's not hard or anything. But I, I think I just want to acknowledge, like, you are in a new city, you are freshly single, you are isolated at work. And so like, 
your body is responding to the situation you're in. Yep. And I want to share like a personal thing of, of that. I spent the last year super isolated where I was um, in this, in the country and at work. And I ultimately decided Liz that that isolation was no longer good for my heart. Like mm-hmm. it was hurting my heart and I had to relocate and rebuild whatever my life looked like. But I made that choice for my mental health. So I just want to say isolation's real. It's a bitch. It really poisons your everyday life. Yep. And I'm not saying you can't get through it, but I am saying maybe you're not in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's really hard now is that you have just gone through this breakup and because you are isolated, because you are starting on your career, it feels like you should be like moving and taking steps to become less isolated, right. to make those friends, to connect with people at work, whatever. And that doesn't give you the time and space that you need to grieve the fact that you just lost a relationship that was meaningful and wonderful and five years old and you thought you were going to 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 go the distance. So right. like that's a really, really hard place to be in. And I I just don't want you to lose sight of the fact that you have the the right and you have you deserve the time to grieve without having to think, how do I how do I get out of the place that I'm in right now? Right. And that's that's really difficult, but I I just don't want you to lose sight of that. Yeah, totally. And I didn't mean to say like, hey, you probably should move. <laughs> that's not what I meant. I, I meant just I want to give you permission. Yep. If you if you don't if you're not happy there, yep. your only job on in in this world is to find happiness. Yep. It is the number one priority. And so often that that priority gets shoved down to the bottom and and stomped on because we prioritize um, our careers, our relationships, our family, um, yeah. our the fucking image of ourselves over everything, over feeling good. Right. Um, and and maybe there's a privilege in being happy, but I, I think too often we don't prioritize it enough. Yeah. Um, getting to your relationship, I, I do want to say um, it takes a lot of courage to just to, to have that one last good memory. Absolutely. And to drive away. And so I just want to commend that. Yep. That's like some stark, brave honesty that you did right there. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of the listeners, including Sam and I, are pretty inspired by that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's an amazing, amazing way that you did that, that you were able to commit to it, that you were able to hold that space. Because yeah. I don't think that a lot of us would be able to do that in such right. a meaningful way. And it's a it it helps, you know, we talk about sort of how do you frame things um, and and can you look at this relationship as being like this wonderful thing that happened? Um, and I feel like that that last day of of goodness is probably going to help you on that journey of like right. remembering the way that it felt and and acknowledging that it was a good thing and now it's over. Right. And that's what relationships are. They are sacred contracts that sometimes dissolve, mm-hmm. that sometimes change, or people break them. Right. Um, and uh, sometimes they are contracts that just end up not working out. Right. Um, we want to talk a little bit about moving on because we we believe in that. We believe mm-hmm. in your happiness. We believe that this relationship was broken enough to, to have Ryan choose to end it yep. and for you to choose to be able to drive away. Yep. And I want you to, we want to encourage you to keep listening to that inner voice, listening to that person who recognized that there were things right. off about it that you deserve better or different, or you at least deserve a chance to be alone and figure yourself out. Absolutely. Um, And that also doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that it wasn't a good love either. Right. right? It means that it was, it it was a fantastic love. It was great. It just wasn't right. And, and one of the things that we've also talked about is like timing is a factor in people's relationships. And and the timing here was clearly not working in the right way. And that's okay. You can still hold Ryan in your heart. You can still, love him and love the love that he gave you. But that doesn't mean that you have to be together in this moment. Totally. I totally agree. And, and I think that it's, I think it's also important to point out that people who love us can leave us Mm -hmm. and people who love us can also be unhappy with us. Um, and just, just as you love Ryan and recognize the inadequacies in your relationship, um, We want things to be really clear because it makes the heartbreak make more sense. Yep. And it just, it will never, it will never make sense like that again. Yep. Yep. 
Um, but in terms of moving forward, you might carry Ryan as that very special person for a really long time. Yep. You might carry him forever like that. And yep. maybe you get back together. Maybe you get over him. Maybe you meet someone else. But I think Sam and I just want to say that it is 100% possible to love more than one person at once. Yep. To fully love a new person who enters your life mm-hmm. or entertain loving them while carrying the idea or essence of Ryan and your relationship in your heart and, yep. re- and revering it really, you yep. know? Um, I have totally been in love with more than one person at once. Have you? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think maybe they're, not they're... in love, but, but like having that sort of yeah. revered love. Absolutely. I mean, I think that there are always the people in our lives who who entered it in some way and gave either two weeks, a month, five years, whatever it looks like, that stay with us and help us learn how to love other people in a different way too. Yeah. And help us learn to know what we need out of relationships and, and that doesn't, and being able to look back on those people and say, that was a good love. And so I know what good loves feels like is, is I think very rewarding and, and inspiring for me to be able to move forward with my, my, my love for Peter. Yeah, totally. I love that. Um, so Liz, I think we just want to be here with you, right? Um, we want to recognize that isolation um, is a slow, slow death, <laughs> but it doesn't have to go like that. Yep. Um, you are worthy of new experiences and new mm. friends and new people. And you're also worthy of watching Netflix alone at home by yourself in dirty sweatpants because sometimes that feels really fucking comforting. Yep. Um, but most importantly, it's okay to love this love and move on. Yep. Absolutely. It is okay to still believe in that goodness and recognize that you need something else. I I think what I want to end on is um, in creative writing um, in my poetry career and particularly in like recent poetry workshops, I really encourage people to use creative writing as an opportunity to like flip the the script or Mm -hmm. to reimagine the world that they're living in or to rename the things that are trying to conquer us. And so I say, instead of breaking up, say that you're breaking open Mm -hmm. or instead of, um, you know, the door closing, it's a door opening, which is cliche, (laughs) but more importantly, like instead of, if you could rename what's going on, like I'm not drowning in my anxiety, I'm discovering my own depths or something, Mm -hmm. right? Like can, can, is there a way for us to re, um, imagine or, or rename or reclaim what's happening to us as a way out, as a way through. Yeah. And um, Liz, I think I just want to end and say that um, your relationship didn't just end. He didn't leave you. He freed you. Mm. He freed you to find more life and more opportunity and more things about yourself. Absolutely. And that can be a really scary terrain. But Sam and I are with you across the country and um, we hope you feel a little less alone listening to this. Absolutely. We love you. We love you. This next letter is coming to us from Willow, who is writing to us from the void. Trigger warning for sexual assault and rape. Two years ago, I was raped. After a lot of therapy, several kinds of medication, a bunch of incredibly supportive friends, I'm in a much better place now than I was then. About a month ago, I saw via a friend on Facebook that the guy in question now has a girlfriend, and it seems like they've been together for a while, and it looks very fairly serious. I've since been having an internal dilemma about what I should do with regards to telling her, his girlfriend, what he did, if anything. I realize that people can change and that what he did doesn't make him through and through awful, but I'm unwilling to believe that he understood enough of the situation to have been able to make a conscious change since then. I'm concerned that his girlfriend might be being treated in a very similar way to how he treated me. I obviously don't want to screw up their relationship for no reason, nor do I want to have to relive what happened and wreck all of the work I've done on my mental health. But I do feel some responsibility for the knowledge I have about him and the potential weight of it. I spoke to a friend about this and she suggested writing to him, basically telling him that he fucked me over and should have should have a long, hard look at himself and make sure he's treating his girlfriend with the respect he never afforded me. My friend implied that I owed him this because he's likely to have no idea 
how badly he hurt me and has therefore has had no chance to deal with his behavior. I don't know if this is the right thing to do or if I should speak to his girlfriend instead or if I should keep it to myself. Would it be doing him a disservice to disclose what I know or to reach out to him about it? Would it be unfair on his girlfriend to make her deal with the weight of this knowledge? I'm painfully empathetic in general and would be upset and feel so guilty if I found out he had continued to hurt people in the way he hurt me. I really would appreciate any advice or musings you can offer. And thank you again for this little chunk of my life into yours. Letting this little chunk of my life into yours. Um, I appreciate that last little note and I appreciate this message, Willow. Um, thank you so much for writing. And Sam and I first want to say we're so sorry that this happened to you. Yeah, and we're really grateful that you're here. Yes. Um, we're also really transparently torn. Yep. Um, so we chose this letter because we believe you and we believe your story and we yep. believe in the importance of this moment. Yep. Um, but we don't actually know how we feel. And so I think we're going to just offer a couple of our musings yep. and, and you can maybe pick an informed, <laughs> make an informed decision after that. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, what we're torn about is, is so there's multiple different things that we are sort of working through. One is which, honestly, at this point, like, do you want to reinsert yourself into this conversation, right? right. Is it, is it going to be healthy or beneficial for you to, to put yourself between this guy and his, his new girlfriend to tell and have to tell your story to him or to her? Like, at this point, you know, people can make their own decisions based on the knowledge that they have available to them. And is it worth your feelings and the, the pain that it would cause you to have to step into this right. space again? I think what Sam is especially getting at is that you do not have to be the caretaker of his mess. Right. You don't have to be the teacher of his girlfriend. Yep. Your job is to heal and to live a happy whole life. Yep. It is not to, um, be the protector of all women out there. Absolutely. And I think we feel that way. Like, um, I know you say that you're like a painfully empathetic and I relate to that yep. in my core, you know, yep. and uh, of how many people I feel protective of really right. all of you fucking people writing <laughs> in, like we feel so protective of you all. Right. Which is why we're having so much trouble with this because we want, we want you to be as safe from harm and from pain as right. possible. <laughs> right. Um, and originally we were also thinking, you know, time has passed. Maybe, um, maybe he has gotten his act together, like not mm -hmm. sympathizing with a fucking terrible rapist, but yep. the idea that we are all on a journey, we're all fucking up and making mistakes, some of them much worse than others. Right. Um, but originally I was thinking, well, maybe he's gotten a chance to reflect, but I actually want to take that back and say, what you've said to us is that it's been pretty clear to you that he didn't understand the implications of his actions originally. Yep. Um, and so instead of saying, well, he might be better now, I want to say again, it's not your responsibility to be his teacher. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me that he doesn't know what he did. Right. And it's not on us to teach our rapists that they've raped us. Right. Like that's, that is what is so frustrating. I think about this is that, um, is not only that he did something bad, but he didn't even know that he was doing something bad. And right. that is just really hard to deal with because then, like, how do we bring it up? How do we right. actually talk to him about it? How did how do we, imp like, impart to him that he did this thing without you being forced to have to relive it for him? Yo, let's take a time out from Willow's Beautiful Letter and just fucking talk about the political climate right now. Um uh -huh. I was just talking to my dear friend and mentee, Blythe Baird, who is a fantastic poet today about like when, you know, another woman has come out against Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. That's how you say his name, right? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. I mispronounced it. It's dirtbag. Um, <laughs> but another woman has come out against him today. And I just think like. I just was reading the news about it and I just thought like, dang, like when is the narrative going to change? I know. Like real talk, homie to homie, Sam, like when do you think that there's going to be a tipping point? Because I feel like sexual assault has been like the oldest war we've ever fought. It yeah. has been used as a tool of war in every war we've ever fought, you know? Yeah. And I just don't know. I don't know what's, 
I think on days like today, I just think like, damn, like this feels like an endless fucking battle to get people to just be like morally sound and respectful in bed. Oh, absolutely. It's just, it's um, just incredible to me to have this moment on such a large scale play out where every single trope about people handling sexual assault allegations badly is like happening. I know. And it's like every single one of them, it's like ping, 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 ping. And it's just so like nauseating to listen to the news every day. Oh my God. I read some atrocious comments about Cosby getting put to jail and people are still saying, well, why did they wait so long? Why did they wait so long? It, I'm starting to lose empathy, (laughs) you know, like, not just like patience, but I'm starting my, my like empathy well in me. It's like I'm go, it's going away because it's like, doesn't it make sense? Like, doesn't it make sense why you would hide this for 40 years or right. something? Like, pe- don't people understand basic shame, you know? Right. Okay. Anyway, not to get like off topic or into the political climate of the United States. Um, but I do think let's bring it back to us. Like, this is why we do this head and heart work, folks. Absolutely. Is because we are just hoping that the next generation has it better than us. Absolutely. And the next relationship was better than our last heartbreak. Yep. Right. And that's that's why we're doing it is so that we can push ourselves to be better, more evolved, more compassionate people. Absolutely. Anyway, Willow, sorry for that little tangent, sweetheart. No, so one of the other things that we uh, talked about, and I think it's hard Debated for me. Debated about, really. Yeah, but I, it's hard for me to say because I feel so protective of you, Willow, mm-hmm. is that it is true that silence is what causes the behavior to repeat. That's not true. It doesn't cause it. Silence enables the rep- the perpetrator to do it right. again. And this is why we said we were, like, so conflicted is because right now we're literally contradicting what we said. <laughs> we just said. We're like, you're not his teacher. You're not responsible for other people. However, we do have a global culture around yep. um, hush-hushing sexual assault yep. and and feeling like we don't want to talk about it because it's, I don't know, it's not proper dinner table talk, yep. you know? Yep. So that is true. So, so thinking about that, what are the ways that you could say something? I mean, you could say something to her, but what concerns us about that is that, yeah. you know, that puts the onus onto onto his girlfriend and not onto him. Right. And he's the one that is a rapist. Right. Absolutely. But it is, it probably is good for her to at least know. But then again, you insert yourself into that situation between him and her. Right. Um, But then talking to him is just, again, why would you, why would we need, why do we need to teach our rapists that they have raped us? Yeah, I know. I know. I feel so conflicted about all of this. I w- at this point, or like in, in questions like this, I wish we had like a live stream so we could get other people's opinions. Um, because again, as we said at the beginning, we're not experts. We don't know. Yep. And I hope this is proof to the listeners that we, um, we're just trying to speak from our heart of what, what feels good. And our priority, Willow, is that you feel safe, mm-hmm. that you feel empowered, that yep. this feels like a... I don't want any of this to feel disempowering, yep. right? Um, that you feel like you can sleep at night. Yep. Um, and with that being said, I also want to say like you could do nothing, Willow, and I think you're still deserving of love and forgiveness and a yep. good night's sleep. Like yep. you could let their relationship just be, and I would never blame you. Absolutely not. And you are going to, if you trust your heart and if you sort of do the head and heart work, and you make a decision that is going to be absolutely the right decision for you. We absolutely. have faith that you can make this decision that is going to work best for you. And we support you and love you in that decision. So don't, don't think that you are going to do something wrong in this situation because whatever you do is going to be the right decision for you. Right. I think I'm going to go out on a limb and just say instinctually what I'm feeling right now are the two options for me at yep. least and who knows, I think I could change my mind by the end of the episode, is one, if you do reach out to him, I think you should reach out to him. We should hold him and maybe like an accountability buddy. Like I have seen this in terms of um, uh, how do we move forward from the atrocities that are sexual assault or even, you know, um, people being like white people being racist or Mm -hmm. how, how do we make space for people to be better? Right. And one thing that I have seen is like an accountability circle or Mm. or something like that. So maybe Willow, you, if you decide to reach out to him, I would do it 
in a way that made you feel safe, yep. like maybe via email or something like that. But is there somebody else that you can loop into there that can hold him accountable, that can do the work that you feel responsible for? Ooh, that's Meaning a, like, yeah. see, I'm going to CC your best friend and say, hey, and not even in a petty way, but yep. like, I'm, I'm CCing this person because I want this person to know how much I... Um, how important this is to me yep. that you know this. I want this person to help you be better, you yep. know, whatever thing like that. And I would even like block them immediately after. Honestly, that's what I was thinking too. Right? Like just because send that email. It's not about then, a dialogue. No, it's not. It's about you saying what you need to say, putting it out into the world. And then that's it. You're freeing done. yourself, right? Free yourself from this obligation that you feel by just sending it to him and then saying like, okay, that's done. I've done the thing that I've I need to do. I've done the work I need to do. And now I can just, I can just step away and I can focus on myself and my own healing and, and my moving forward. Right. Totally. Um, and then, so that's my one option. Mm-hmm. My second option would be to not do anything and to treat yourself really, really well. Yep. Meaning like have your moment and recognize it is not my responsibility to teach a rapist how to not rape. Um, I cannot be the protector of all women as much as I want to. And I know that I personally am fostering a safe space in my friend groups, in my romantic relationships that I will uphold with my whole body and being, but this person doesn't exist in my space and, and, and excusing yourself from that responsibility. And I'm sure some people may have a pushback against that, but like there are, we cannot take care of everyone. It is not mm. sustainable. Yep. And what I care most about, Willow, is your mental health and your well-being and your healing. Absolutely. And if if reaching out to this this piece of garbage doesn't serve those things, yep. um, then I want you to know you can have a you can draw a warm bath tonight. You can watch the shittiest movie that you want to <laughs> watch. You can eat all the cheese in the world unless you're lactose intolerant or vegan. <laughs> then you're gonna have whatever sweet snack snack you want. Yep. And I want you to feel so good and loved and warm and safe tonight and know that like I madly believe in you regardless of whether or not you send that letter. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think that both of those options are great. And I think whatever you decide, whether it's one of those or a different one is going to be the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. We love you so much, Willow, and we're so glad you wrote in. All right. So our last letter comes from Ava S., Ava is writing from The Void, and she writes, Hi, Sierra and Sam. My name is Ava, and I just married the love of my life two weeks ago. Congratulations! (laughs) Uh, We are both over the moon happy. Getting there with our families is a story in itself, but that's not what I'm writing about today. Uh (laughs) My question isn't so much about us as it is about my job. I am a seventh grade teacher in a conservative community. At that age, the kids are fascinated by the fact that teachers have lives outside of school. They are interested or they are obsessed with my engagement ring and beg me to divulge any wedding plans that I could. (laughs) While I do think that there's such a thing as oversharing, I have been able to share my joy with my students by using the word fiance or not specifying pronouns. Mm. But now that we are married, sharing my relationship would mean letting my students learn their female teacher has a wife. I've worked in another district where I've been called and brutally berated by parents demanding I keep my, quote, lifestyle to myself. And that was just when we talked about civil rights issues in today's world, not even my personal life. Now I'm not sure what to do. How do I share my happiness with the generation I hope will make strides toward acceptance and kindness Mm -hmm. without putting myself at risk when they share at home? Thank you for your positivity and warmness, Ava. Ava, okay, first of all, we just want to be like, Happy love. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, we're so happy for you. And we're so happy that you are starting this new, fantastic, gay-ass journey. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just awesome that you get to get married. That's so exciting. Yeah. It was like um, when we were re- reviewing letters the other night, um, it got a little heavy for a while because Sam and I were reading so many letters about um, abusive relationships and toxic people and unhealthy boundaries. And it's okay. We signed up for this. And yep. again, we're, we're, we are committed to the head and heart work, but we felt so good reading this letter, Ava. Um, we're just so happy that you're happy. Absolutely. But 
getting at your your big question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What but should you going do? To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we Um, asked somebody really special. Yeah, so I asked Peter about it because he is a teacher himself. Mm -hmm. um, And he did have some some advice because he is out to his students, but um, he, you know, works at a in Minneapolis. And so um, it's a pretty. And his students poop themselves. That's true. Uh, They are very young. (laughs) They're kindergartners. (laughs) Um, But more importantly, his school district is pretty progressive. For sure. Yep. So, um. But he he said, he gave us some advice. He said, it's not, it's all about your comfort level. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling? You don't owe them anything. Absolutely. So how are you feeling? Are you comfortable with doing this? And he says, there's no shame in staying closeted if you need to, right? Because right. even though even though Maine does have equal protections around employment, uh, that doesn't mean that they can't figure out a way to fire you. Yeah. Or if parents are that upset with you, like there's there's a way that they could get you out yeah, of there. Yeah, your comfort is what is. Absolutely. Important. Um, he suggested that maybe you call your uh, wife your partner, which is something that he has been doing in spaces, mm-hmm. um, which is also something that I do when I'm in a space where I don't know if people will be inclusive. Um, he also suggested looking at your district policies to see if there are protections for right. you. Um, and then he just wanted to say that for every asshole kid that treats you like shit or a parent that screams at you, there's there's like one kid that will like look at you and and like see you as their hero yeah, or there totally. will be the one kid that stands up for you in front of everyone else and like teaches them a letter or a lesson about acceptance yeah. and and being inclusive yeah for every asshole there's a there's a wonderful gem absolutely and think about the fact that these are you you know there are seventh graders totally you know, they are going through puberty at this point like some of them are realizing that they are different than the other kids in their class right and having someone to be a positive role model for them might be extremely meaningful for them in a way that goes beyond just the curriculum and and the standards totally. and the testing. Um, my eldest sister is a lesbian and she came out to me when I was 12. Um, I remember exactly where I was. And I remember the day that I met her partner who um, is actually still her partner. And so they've been together for, what am I, 12? I'm 32. They've been together for 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> That's like the easiest math in the it year really was. in the world. But anyway, I used to go to my sister to their apartment, like on the some weekends. Like I would drive um, two hours, and or my mother would drive me two hours, and my sister would drive two hours, and pick me up halfway, and then I I'd get to spend long weekends with my sister and her um, girlfriend, and. I didn't realize it until like literally this year, but I was obsessed with my sister in law <laughs> before. I, um, like when I first met her, I was obsessed with her. I just like wanted to stare at her and I don't mean that like romantically, but Mm -hmm. I remember being like, who is this butch (laughs) lesbian (laughs) with these Xena figurines, you know? (laughs) And I would like look at everything in their apartment. Like it was was so like woman forward and queer friendly. And I remember going down to their apartment as a 14 year old and being like, so enthralled with that life Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it until this year that that was my first queer visibility yeah it wasn't just my sister because I saw my sister and I didn't code her as gay right but seeing my sister-in-law that was the first gay person I ever saw and that was transformative for me Ava and this is obviously a wildly different situation (laughs) but what I'm saying is visibility is really important having a job and feeling safe is equally important also very important (laughs) but visit like what we're saying is for every asshole student and jerk parent there are going to be students there who are going to remember you for the rest of their lives absolutely because visibility is important visibility matters yep and I will say um the fact that you are a lesbian might and and the fact that this fight will be about you as a person might make it actually easier for parents to like understand you. Because when you're talking about sort of civil rights about queer people in the abstract, it can be yes. like, well, get this lifestyle out of here. What are you doing to my kids? But if you are saying like, I am a lesbian, I am married to a woman, and I am your students. like Right, and I pack lunch every day, and I make right. a bulletin board, and I'm a normal person. Right, it makes it harder for them to be like, get your lifestyle out of here, and instead be like, oh, well, I know that you had like, been taking care of my kid, and like all of that. So yeah, totally. it might be an opportunity to humanize a little bit as totally. well. But again, safety in your job is also right. crucially important to this. I think one thing that Peter said that I really, really loved 
was that he said, build a queer community within the district. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that was so powerful because he even said that he's going to get happy hour once a week with other queer teachers. Um, And I, and I was so moved by that. Like I got (laughs) chills just thinking about that, that that is community building and, and community is not about company. It's about solidarity and strength and empowerment. Yep. Um, and so maybe there are, I mean, not maybe, of course, there are other gay people in your district. Of there course are, there are. Of course there are. There are gay people in your classroom yep. that need to see you um, and who will see you whether you come out or not. Right. I want to stress that of like oh, whether sure. you say my wife or not, they will remember you and the space that you made in your classroom for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. This is definitely a great question and, and I really love it. And I hope you, this gives you some insight. Um, and I hope you have a fucking amazing new school year like happy september right it's just starting oh my god no this episode is going to air on october 1st (laughs) whoops (laughs) my bad i don't know about this is definitely scripted and (laughs) well rehearsed um ava happy new school year happy new marriage please tell your wife we said we're so happy for her as well absolutely um and i hope this gives you some insight on how to move forward yeah we love you we love you all right, that wraps up episode 14. 14. 14 of 150. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to keep going at this for the next three years. <laughs> Is that how math works? Oh, yeah, 52 weeks. All right. Is that right? Am I right? Yeah, you're 52. Right. Knew it. Literally, I pulled that out of the darkest chasm <laughs> in my brain. Like, I don't know how I know certain things. That's so legit. Yeah, so this brings us to the blind date segment of our show where we like to set you up with something that we think is awesome. This week, we are going to set you up with... An author named Haruki Murakami. Um, He has a new book coming out in the U.S. called Killing Commentadore. It's coming out on October 9th, but the fact that it was coming out sort of like sparked for me memories of how transformative his books were for me. Right. Um. He His sort of biggest book that he wrote was um, 1Q84, which was fantastic. My favorite one is The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle. Ooh. Um, but the the way that he writes is so amazing because it is magical realism. Yeah. Um, but he also writes about sort of the mundane parts of, of day-to-day existence. And so we'll have whole paragraphs about a person preparing their meal for dinner. Um, and so it like lulls you into this sense of like everything is sort of mundane and everyday, yeah. but like weird shit keeps happening. And so like, yeah. it's like fairies are like, ru- like ruling the world. And I'm like, okay, what? But it's because he is like established that fairies do exist. And then like, and it, but it's happening in such, such prosaic stuff that it just like suddenly you're in a different place and you don't know how you got there. Um, and so I just wanted to, it was great to see that he has a new book coming out in the United States. Um, and I just am remembering how wonderful it was to read those books for the first totally. time. And I want to sort of impart that on you. Yeah, and, set and, people up with them. Yeah, give you that joy of, of experiencing it. Yeah, I know a lot of people who love his books. And I honestly have two on my bookshelf and I haven't read them yet. <laughs> it's time for me to cancel that Netflix subscription, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I know how that is. Netflix, Hulu. They just take up so much time. You know, ER is not going to watch itself. <laughs> Those doctors need you to watch them. Absolutely. Fake surgery who, who on is people. Give them surgery their res- as though it's a verb. <laughs> I'm going to surgery you. They need their residuals from the, the I'm royalties. sure they don't. That show's been on since like 1904. Absolutely. Well, it's done now. Okay. Yeah. I know. It was, it was a joke. It was like replaying. You know what has been on for a million years is the 20th season of SVU is oh, coming I know. out. Olivia Benson, my girl. <laughs> Mariska Hargitay is just like, I'm just going to keep doing this because like, I'm making I, so much oh money my gosh, off She's got to make like a billion dollars per episode. But also Mariska is another celebrity that Sam follows and has turned me on to following <laughs> because I was like, oh my God, you follow Detective Olivia Benson? And he uh, was like, yeah, you need to read her hashtags. And her hashtags are actually so funny on every post. So funny. She'll post a selfie and she'll be like, hashtag selfie, hashtag took it myself, hashtag <laughs> ha- hand up in the sky, hashtag selfish or something like that. I don't know. She'll just be so it's weird. It's so good because they're all they're all also like puns on her name. I know. It's I love so her so funny. much. I love her so much. And she's gorgeous. And she's doing great work with getting rape, t- rape kits tested and I know. is just leading that work. We love her. fantastic. Mariska, we love you. Anyway. (laughs) 
Anyway. Uh, that ends our episode. So you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme. And most importantly, you can send us all your questions about matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. Just.com. Dot com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. Yeah, we want to say thanks to a couple of people who gave us five-star reviews and ratings on Facebook. You can find our Facebook page, as Sam said. We want to say thank you to Jocelyn Rojas, to Barnes Ray, and to Celeste Wynn. Thank you so much for rating and reviewing us on Facebook. Absolutely. This literally keeps the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. That's us. <laughs> Original recording music. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast that just celebrated its 100th episode. And remember... There are times in life when we have to move on from something, whether we feel ready or not. But I want you to know that you already have within you everything you need to live a joyful life, to have a good day tomorrow. It doesn't matter if that person loves you or not. It doesn't matter how many likes you get on that photo. It doesn't matter how much money that bank account reflects you have everything within you to live a joyful, happy life. You are already whole, no matter how many times you feel as though people have taken things from you. And let's face it, even if you feel inadequate, even if you feel broken, even if you feel like those things were taken from you and can never be replaced, that's what life is about. Rebuilding one step at a time, one conversation at a time, showing up for that head and heart work. And I know, and Sam know, that you already have everything within you to live that happy, joyful life. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>